0: To the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha. I've received some uh, questions around some of the Suttas, in particular Vatupama Sutta and Anumana Sutta, and I thought I would respond and uh, make it available to the wider audience. And so, the first question that I received was around, in some of the references I've made, I've spoken about. That one should always reveal your faults in full, that this is something that Buddha has indicated, that if one has faults, then you're prepared to reveal them in full. And what is the Sutta reference for that? The Sutta reference, uh, the one in particular, very specific to this, is the Sapurasa Sutta, and you'll find it in the numbered discourses, uh, the Anguttra Nikaya, in chapter 4. And it's discourse number 73. So this Sapurasa Sutta uh, translates as a good person or person of integrity. And in this Sutta, the Buddha is telling the monks that there are four qualities that make a person not of integrity, so not a good person. And there are four qualities that make a person someone with integrity or a good person. And so what, what Buddha says is that if you are not a person of integrity, then when it comes to revealing other people's bad points, you will actually say all the bad points, and that's even if you're not asked, but when you are asked, you'll, you'll, you know, tell the person about the person's bad points in full and in detail without holding anything back and without any omission. That's the first quality. The second one is you will... Uh, not reveal another person's good good qualities or good points uh, Even when you're not asked But when you're asked, you'll actually speak of another You won't speak of another person's uh, good points Not in full, not in detail uh, With omissions and, and you'll hold back Then the third uh, quality is that When uh, it comes to yourself Then you won't reveal your own bad points and this is even if uh, you're not asked. But if you're asked, then you, you'll hold back, you'll omit and um, you won't say them in full or in detail. And then the last one was if you um, have good points, then you'll readily, you know, say them, say them out. And and this is even if someone doesn't ask you, you'll, you'll tell someone about your good points and then even if they ask, you'll go into great detail uh, and, and in full, you know, with Without any omissions and you won't hold back. The opposite of that, which is what I've been highlighting in uh, most of the talks and guided meditations, is that if you're someone with integrity, and really this is a subhūrissa, what you notice in other parts of the suttapitaka is if that if you're a person of integrity, a good person, that means you're walking the noble eightfold path. You're trying to adhere to good conduct, so by body, speech, and mind. And so a person who is walking the noble eightfold path and has the opposite, has the, the four qualities of a person of integrity. That means when it comes to another person, you won't readily offer up their bad points. And when you whether you're asked or not asked, but when you're asked, you definitely won't do it. And you won't go into great detail about this person's faults. And then when it comes to their good qualities, You'll readily actually reveal this person is, you know, has this quality or has done these good things. And you're quite willing to say them in full without, you know, omitting anything and in great detail. And, and that's something that's quite, quite noble. Then when it comes to yourself, it, you know, this is where Buddha says that you won't um, cover up your own bad points. So that means uh, even when you're asked or even when you are asked, You will actually speak them in full and in in detail you will you'll tell them without omitting anything about something that you've done wrong and also you know certain qualities that you're still trying to work on you won't hold back you'll actually be quite open about it and then when it comes to your good qualities or good points good conduct then if someone doesn't ask you you don't just say you know so you don't just say I did all these good things and I helped all these people and you know, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And even when you're asked when someone presses you with questions around it, then you keep it, um, you know, to a minimum that you actually don't go into great detail, you don't reveal everything in full, and you omit things and, and hold back when it comes to good points. So it's not like you boast about it. So this is quite a very useful sutta to contemplate the nyanapatha in it, how it escalates around what um, you do for other people and then what you do for yourself in terms of speech and not to say also um, breeding mental stains that if if you go according to a person who is not of integrity then what you are what's actually holding you back in terms of someone's good points is really mental stains there's no more towards another person you can't have joy over another person's good qualities and and good deeds and then also when it comes to oneself there is uh, you know again uh, stinginess and uh, certain other mental stains that are coming coming to the fore like vanity and, and conceit and so when you look at the opposing side you're seeing that you're relinquishing mental stains and and that translates into good speech and so that's what makes you a person of integrity so that's something that really supports a lot of the meditations around Vatupama, Saleka, Nangana and uh, Anumana Sutta. And, and yes, yeah, so that's the, the Sutta reference. The next question that's come in is around the sequence. The, the person is asking, is the sequence important when it comes to meditating on the Vatupama Sutta and also the Anumana Sutta? What I will say is that although it's not explicitly mentioned in suttas that the sequence is important, what you find is um, when Buddha was asked the question about how does one share Dhamma, one of the things that Buddha actually said was it must be sequential, that that was one of the first things, one of the five. There were five things about sharing Dhamma. The first one was it must be sequential or a gradual teaching. The second step is that you teach as one seeing the method of instructional study. And this is usually that you are able to show the actual uh, knowledge pathway. The third is that you speak out of compassion. The fourth is that you speak not with a desire for gain. And then the fifth is that you'll speak without hurting yourself or others. Now what's um, pretty key is this step by step or sequential teaching that has to be gradual teaching and the second one is that you have to actually demonstrate the method of instruction or study now what you find in the suttas is that there is a method and there is a structure already there and so literally I think to answer the question is I don't think we are supposed to make up our own sequence that that's one aspect of the answer that who are we to actually mix up what appears in the Sutta and if it's a gradual teaching then there must be the method within the Sutta to actually follow that structure and follow that method of instruction whether it's coming from Buddha or it's coming from the Noble Arahants so from my perspective I very rarely um, teach outside of Buddha's teaching or explain outside of Buddha's teaching or the Noble Arahants I don't feel like um, you know, out of humility and respect for the Buddha. Uh, there is no way that I can uh, say it should be otherwise. And so that's how I approach the meditation. And within the meditation, that's the, set, the second part to the answer would be, within the meditation, you actually start to see the graduation through through the, the sequence of the steps. And where the insight comes, because it's a knowledge pathway, it's a method of instruction that when you meditate, <clears throat> that's where the insight can be obtained, that can be realized. So, you do the first thing out of trust, and trust and confidence, and who is that in? Well, it's certainly in Buddha and the Arahants. You give them a chance to show you, given that they have perfected and the, the path of awakening, and actually liberated themselves. And particularly the Buddha, the Buddha's qualities of impeccable in conduct, Perfect teacher was enlightened all on his own given you know whatever the conditions were there for Gautama Buddha at the time and so on that on that um, note you actually make make an effort towards the, the method of instruction so if we take for example the Vatupama Sutta once you start meditating on the Vatupama Sutta and you actually take the 16 mental stains you write them down and you start to memorize them so that you don't have to look at the piece of paper eventually. But in the beginning, what you find is that you write them down. Uh, normally, you know, when you go to school, what, what you find is teachers always want you to write it down. There's a process of learning within writing it down. And so when you write it down, you start to get familiar with it, get familiar with the words. Then when you meditate, you get familiar with the, the quality that Buddha or the Arahant is actually promoting to you. Then on top of that, what you start to see as your meditation develops is you start to do the process of cleaning or the process of realizing firstly, is this kusla or akusala? You know, this is the parinya that is nyata, that you start to know uh, the distinction between kusla and akusala. Then after that, it's uh, uh, tirana parinya, which is you start to see that you need to make a decision around it. And that's one of the things that when you start to look at these knowledge pathways, you start to see the links. And this is probably something that I'll do another talk on at some point that in the early stages, you're just getting familiar with what Buddha's asking you to do and you diligently attempt to do it. And then you see whether you get the results that the Buddha says. But later on, as you keep meditating over and over, starting to make that your vehicle, so you start to develop it, which is Bhavita. You, you develop that meditation. Then it's Bahuri Katha. You start to really practice it frequently. And then it's Yani Katha. And so you start to make it like your vehicle, that you start to get really good at doing it. You start to see the links at that point. So that's something to bear in mind, that the sequence becomes important, because as you start with the first, in the sense of the Vatubha Masutra, you start with, uh, abhija covetousness, and then vismaloba, unequal greed. And then the second one is viyapada, um, which is the ill will, and then it escalates to anger, which is koda. Then it escalates to hostility, which is this upanaha, or labeling, grudging. Then it escalates some more to derogation, makka. Then it escalates some more to um, disparaging, which is the palasa, and so on to the 416. But there is also within uh, the actual upakilesas, these mental stains, you start to see links. You start to see what causes each one. And I think when we went through even vatupama, um, particularly with some of the guided meditations, you actually do start to see that there is a cause for certain things to arise. And usually it's one of the other upakilesas. And of course, all of them come out of Michatiti, which is wrong view. and that's that's why the sequence is also important now one of the other things to say about the sequence is if you continually question the sequence if you continually um, want to go out of step with the method of instruction that is contained in the sutras that has been given by venerable mahamogalana in the case of anumana Sutta or buddha in or many other teachings if you keep continue to do that I think it's very useful to ask yourself the question why why am i why am i just doing this like that and is it a memory issue so if it's a memory issue then it's really good to write it down and really make an effort to memorize because I know of many people um, who have taken the steps to write things down and memorize them some of them really quite um, amazing to know so for example I know a monk who um, wrote down the steps of Anumana and carried them around with him for two years. And I'm not sure if he's still carrying them around, but he, he carried them around, particularly um, in the early days, in as a, as a way of, in spare time, to pull it out and try and memorize it, and then to be able to, to meditate on it. And then later on, of course, I would expect that in order to teach it. And it wasn't just um, memorizing, I guess, in the native language but also in in Pali because there is something uh, very important when it comes to memorization in Buddha's learning system and that's something not to be um, overlooked whether you're a monastic or whether you're a layperson, memorization even though we have now gone beyond the fact that in the early days everything was um, only possible through oral tradition and now we have the Ability to write things down. But that doesn't mean that memorization is not important. How can you meditate if you don't memorize the steps? Memorize the qualities that Buddha is highlighting either through the negative pathway or through the pathway that leads to liberation. So that's something to really bear in mind. And having said that, the other thing to note is when it comes to Anumana, the quality of suvicha is actually being easy to instruct and so part of following a method of instruction is being easy to instruct to follow instructions and so we have these wonderful instructions from buddha and the arahants and who are we to actually reject them well if we reject them or if we are facetious and in a way mischievous then we are really demonstrating these these not willing to listen not willing to follow the instructions I think that's pretty key as well that we need to ask ourselves the question where is that coming from is it a hack where you know something inside of us is actually being quite difficult whereas someone that is trying to cultivate the qualities of suvacho which is willing to listen to the instructions willing to give them a chance willing to see whether you get the, the actual good results and I think that's pretty key as well. That in this process, it's really good to do that. I mean, I know um, also people who have um, the challenge of memory being an issue, and we all have this. As we get older, our memory starts to fade and decline, unfortunately, and unless uh, we actually persist, which is actually to meditate and to actually free the mind of all this gumph, all the useless information that we start to put in only the good information the good knowledge which is essentially the Buddha's teachings then what will happen is um, we are challenged by memory and so i also see this in people that are more elderly that i have a lot of respect for older people who have this more significant challenge of memory loss and um, resistance in, in the mind To actually do their best to write it out and not only just write it out I know of a um, a 70 or 80 old old person who keeps writing it out until they memorize it that they'll look at it throughout the day they pull it out and then they'll write it out some more because the more you write it the more it starts to register and I actually know that there are a few um, older type of um, uh, lay practitioners who from doing that, from making that effort, applying virya in in this positive way, that they have benefited, that they have seen the fruit of the meditation of the practice. And it, it's very heartwarming to actually know that. And so as, if you're younger, then you can actually take that on board as well. To, to know that people do make quite a lot of effort. And when you're young, if you have good memory, use it wisely. Use it now towards memorizing these good teachings because it will never be a loss it's not something that someone can ever take away from you the Buddha talks about you know certain gains in the world whether it's your property your family and and all these sorts of things even reputation these are the things that can be taken away from you either through natural disaster or through the process of of life and and you know even bad bad luck or or karma ripening uh, but when it comes to learning these things, which are towards the liberation, towards the path of nibbana, or even to a good destination at the breakup of, of, of this body at the end of our lives, those are the things that cannot be taken a- away from you, as well as our, our punya. So, I think that's that's something to also you know take on board and, and contemplate, and and take it in a good way. Another request has actually come in as a question Um, and this is really around guided meditations that comment has come that these guided meditations have been quite useful to see what um, hasn't been seen and so the request has come can you do a guided meditation for Anumana Sutta even if it's not for the full Sutta just one guided meditation to just reinforce how that meditation should be undertaken and developed Um, my answer to that is yes, I, I will do a guided meditation for Anumana Sutta. At the moment, I need to fulfill a few engagements and invitations. So once I get through uh, these invitations and requests, then I will do a guided meditation and, and post it so that uh, you can have access to that. So yes. A question that has also been asked is around spiritual friendship, kalyanamitta and whether there are any tips on how to nurture and sustain spiritual friendships. I think in light of the Anumana Sutta, I think it's pretty clear when it comes to Anumana Sutta, whether it's spiritual friendships or whether it's other relationships, the teachings of the Anumana Sutta from Venerable Mahamogalana actually ring very true that it's only when you start abandoning um, the 16 qualities that you start to see that there is more harmony and more alignment with other people it's when you demonstrate all or any of the 16 qualities that over time you actually find that relationships start to crumble and that relationships are tested all the time in that respect and trust it cannot be fostered when you um, manifest and breed the duvicha qualities, being difficult to instruct, difficult to give feedback to, difficult to admonish, even generally difficult to speak to. Uh, I think that's the other thing about Duvachar qualities, that at some point you just simply become difficult to speak to. And so when you start actually cultivating more of the qualities of being easy to instruct, easy to speak to, easy to give some constructive feedback to then all kinds of relationships, whether they're spiritual friendships or not, start to flourish, start to grow, and you can really rely on each other. I think when it gets challenged and these qualities do exist, then over time it erodes the friendship because you feel like you can't rely on the other person and you feel like you can't trust the other person with your faults because they'll be judged, misjudged, misperceived, even picked on, even bullied. And it becomes um, not such a not really a friendship but more of an antagonistic relationship now when it comes to spiritual friendship one other thing I would say is that sometimes spiritual friendship is also about silence that when you actually commit to practicing these qualities over time you start to value silence a lot more And what you value as friends uh, in the spiritual path is that you come together and you like being around each other. There are no problems, but you also like not constantly constructing around each other, even in Dhamma, because Dhamma becomes the common thread and often we still construct a lot and there's a lot of thinking involved even with our friendships. And so becoming an embodiment or a manifestation of the teachings is always uh, to demonstrate that with our kalyanamitta that we can be around each other but also pause when we speak and also um allow silence to permeate our relationships as well because then the other person knows this is a safe place to actually come and gather come and just be around each other without having to construct without having to even take too much delight in Dhamma in the sense of always talking about it and that can be a really good thing even when it comes to receiving feedback that sometimes you don't often have to actually give feedback like there are spiritual friendships where what you notice is when you start to really build that friendship when someone is saying something out of turn maybe they're venting maybe they're complaining and they're not quite aware of it that they're not conscious of the fact that they're doing it that the Dhamma conversation has veered into some of the mental stains, you know, coming out in speech. And what a Kalyanamitta can do is actually honor and respect the friend in the first instance by just staying quiet. And there are two things that come from staying quiet. The first one is you come from the basis that this person will actually become more conscious of it. And uh, you, you allow them to actually uh, not, go, not go on for, for forever, but, you know, forever long that they're just going off a little bit in their speech, you kind of say, well, this person at some point, they themselves will see it. I don't need to pounce on it and and correct them straight away or even bring it up. And is it the right time? And then the second part of that is also when you don't make karma with the person who is starting to vent, you're also closing off that channel too, because at some point the silence becomes, the space within which the truth reveals itself to the person. Normally, if it comes from within the person, it's a more powerful thing than even if we also say it to them. And maybe if, if it doesn't uh, resolve itself, then later on, if you find that it's the right time, you can bring it up. But it always comes from a place of gentleness, a place of this is of benefit to you, my friend. Not from a place of that was really annoying me and and all those sorts of other kinds of thoughts that can sometimes enter so it's a it's a dual practice that happens there that when you see something in someone else someone who's a very good spiritual friend someone that you're happy to call your spiritual friend you need to actually almost like give it some space give it some air and give it some kindness and compassion another question has come in about uh, Anumana Sutta in particular about giving feedback and whether it's suitable to give feedback you know when you're in a gathering and you see something um, someone's bad points it's a very interesting question this one because I think that's what happens when we gather we tend to actually observe other people and from that place we forget that it's a mirror for ourselves and when you observe one part of you is very wholesome, it wants to point something out so someone's not doing something wrong and doesn't sort of veer off the path or but there's also a dysfunctional side that's kind of nitpicking and fault finding which is a which is the Drusilla side. So there's a fine balance when it comes to these things and it doesn't even have to be in a Dhamma group. It could be in a work situation. It could be uh in the family home could be with friends you know in the broad broad wider you know set of friends not just Dhamma and it could be when you do community things or sports what have you and you know within us once you start to really walk the Buddhist Noble Eightfold Path you want to tell people so that they don't make unwholesome kamma that they're no longer heading towards a bad destination the problem is that with people in a more wider group they may not necessarily have right view so Immediately, which qualities—the qualities of not being easy to instruct—can come to the forefront because they're overtaken by, you know, one of the sixteen or more of those of the sixteen qualities, and so it may not be appropriate in, in that scenario. When it comes to people in dhamma, again, it may not also be um, the right time. There, there is actually a sutta um, or a couple of sutras that are quite useful. The Subhasita Vacha Sutta, which appears in Anguttara Nikaya, Chapter 5, uh, Discourse, I think, 198. That gives you five um, qualities that need to be considered uh, for this kind of well-spoken speech. The first one is like the right time, uh, you know, so that you, you say it at the right time. So if you see it then and then there, but it's not the right time, then you refrain and you might tell your friend later. Uh, your kalyanamitta or you know the the person the second one is it has to be truthful speech it can't be anything that's made up or elaborated on so if you see something it's specifically that but you don't add on all these other things then the third one is um, around polite speech or or some kind of delicate uh, speech that the speech that you use when you're giving feedback I think needs to be gentle in nature that it's polite it's not um something that hurts someone and then the fourth one is um it has to be beneficial so it has to be both beneficial to the person but again also sometimes you have to consider is it beneficial if i say it at this at this moment from your own personal circumstances if it's something that isn't beneficial um, because this is a pundit quality, a wise person you, you make that that uh reflection in your mind before you act on it it's very good and then the last one is when you actually want to uh, say these things it has to come from a mind of metta you know metta chitena that uh, you you're imbued with loving kindness it's not from uh, fault-finding nitpicking i um, having a grudge against someone that the mental stains are not there so I think that's very useful when it comes to uh, the question around giving feedback to other people. That always bear in mind that the process has to be one that it's out of goodwill to a person. And in these early stages, it's always good that when a person is learning the difference between duvicha and suvicha, then one needs to oneself know whether you are also practicing that first before giving these things to other people. And in that way, they will receive it very well when they see that you are someone who is practicing for suvature qualities, the good qualities of being easy to instruct and and easy to to receive feedback, then over time, the level of friendship starts to develop and grow in a really wholesome way. And so this process gets a lot easier. You know the appropriate time. You even know when someone will, will ask you, And you know that uh, you don't have to immediately give an answer And and list out everything You can go and wait and think about it And and come back to the person Or you could just take some time in that moment To contemplate first before speaking out I think that's one of the things about uh, Subhasita Is that to be well spoken it has to be measured It has to come from the right place It has to have um, the stains removed The other sutta that uh, comes up is within the um, Sutta nipata and it's um i think it's 3.3 and it's actually called subhasita Sutta, and it gives four things and so the first one is um well spoken so it has to be subhasita which i think you can cross reference it back to the one in akutra that can be quite helpful also needs to be um righteous or have some kind of morality behind it so you know, when you say it then you're saying it from a place of knowing the distinction between kusala akusala and it's all often useful when giving feedback is to actually be very specific what you're doing is akusala and this is what buddha says but then if you refrain from doing that then that is kusala and that is good for you and then the third quality is it must be pia like endearing that um when someone hears this it is something that is endearing to them, to them that And it may not always be the case because it depends on the qualities of this person and how resistant they are. But if they are someone who is open and receptive to feedback, who is suvichal, that is willing to receive constructive criticism, admonishment, then that person would would also view it as endearing. And so that's where you are coming from, that it is something of benefit um, and goodness for them. And then the last one is... That it's truthful, so again, Sachang, same as um, in the different uh, sutta, that you know it has to be uh, something that comes from truth, you can't make it up, you can't lie about it to the person. So, I think that's very useful to know in, in answering that question of uh, giving feedback to somebody. Now, the last question that comes up is not really a question, it's more like a uh, Can you tell us what's coming up next and will you be doing uh, Karani Metta Sutta? Uh, The answer to that is there is a lot of things that are coming up uh, based on certain invitations and sessions that I'll be holding But also in terms of rounding off some of our um, meditations So yes, Karani will be coming up There will also be quite a detailed uh, video presentation with slides on Karaniya Metta so it goes step by step and there'll also be guided meditation on Karaniya Metta. Um, the other thing that's quite interesting is there'll be a multi-part series on Sutta meditation so a lot of people have been asking about why is this called Sutta meditation and what is Sutta meditation and why is it important and I guess You can already see why it's important in terms of the methodical steps that we take in sequence and also uh, following, um, you know, Buddha's gradual teachings and that of the Noble Arahants. So that's coming up. That will also look at knowledge pathways and give some more information about knowledge pathways and and how to actually see knowledge pathways in suttas. And that's why it will be multi-part. So it will be in short, shorter um presentation of that and that will also go up to youtube as well so you can actually see through a visual uh, thing how that comes together and also um, multi-part because i'll be adding uh, knowledge pathways to it as well so we can start to examine and investigate certain futures so that's all that i have for today in terms of questions and some answers and a bit of information about what's coming up. Um, You are more more than welcome to actually uh, send uh, questions in either through the voice message um, option or also to email. There's an email that is suit the meditation series at gmail.com. So if you have specific questions, I'll do my best to answer either directly or um, through uh, this wider audience as well. So I'll leave it there. I'll share the blessings uh, with the all sentient beings. May all beings be happy and well. May all beings be free from suffering. And blessings of the triple gem. Wish you all well. Pero <laughs>